Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, the 29th of July. CEO update uh, number four. This is the non-weekly update. And that's because uh, it's pretty random as to when we get them out. But um, hopefully I get enough content for each one to make them worthwhile to listen to. Um, this one, I just want to start off with a facier exam. We had a PD day in Brisbane the other week and um, there was a bit of information came up about the, the facier exam. The first one was uh, the TAL. The, uh, the life insurer have a really good product where they'll, I think for $55, they'll let you do a, uh, well, their version of a practice exam. And I think that's going to be better and better because I, I believe they had someone actually in the exam for the first one. So it's going to give you a, um, a reasonable idea of, of how that goes about. But the other thing that we've been sort of looking at is at the moment, as an advisor, you don't have your head completely around the terminology within the ethics space. And secondly, you're not au fait with um, you know, all the, the standard Corpse Act definitions. And what that means is the FACIA exam is probably going to um, cover a little bit of new ground for you. Now, the guys at Kaplan have, said, uh, have suggested that uh, advisors who, you know, similar to us, go in and do the, um, a couple of, uh, you know, of the ethics portion of uh, the correction, the ethics lesson in, um, in Kaplan because you're going to need it to get to your degree and secondly it'll prepare you with the terminology and the thinking around ethics so you can apply it to the exam and the second one is there's actually a, a legal unit as well now the legal unit allows you to have um, again get a little bit more of that uh, legal definitions if you do both of those then you should be able to get them all out of the way and be ready to do the exam early in 2020 and I think if you do that, you're going to be a lot better prepared than if you roll up and try to do the lesson now. I'm not sure how this is all going to pan out and how carefully they're going to scale these exams because they don't seem to give us any indication as to you know what you've passed and what you've failed. And so it's a um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird exam, but it's a it's something that um, we all have to do. But we want to make sure that you get it nailed and you don't sort of have to keep going backwards and forwards. I think the uh, the guys that are regional as well will find it a little bit better later because then we'll have access to um, regional exam facilities. So at the moment, it's quite expensive for you to come to a capital city and do the course. Next point was the um, oh, with the towel course. You know, I think uh, Jezume will be able to help, but if not, just contact um, Tal and ask them when the next course is going to be on if you want to have a crack at that. Again, I'm not 100%, it will be helpful, but, um, but obviously getting a little bit of study in ethics and um, the Corpse Act will be you know, probably a lot more helpful. The next one is the degree. Obviously Kaplan have come back and they've given us a bit of a discount, so we're doing the, the courses that normally retail for 2400, they're giving us those for, for 1600. And, um, and so, you know, that's a good way to, you, uh, to get started and um, you get your teeth into the, your degree. If you start it, the sooner you start it, the easier it's going to be to get it done. And, um, yeah, that's something we have to do. Um, buying and selling books. We had a, a really, really cool um, presentation from Fold Legal, and the team will be able to sort of send that out to you if you're at all interested. But they were talking at some of that about, you know, the, um, the some of the pitfalls of, of buying or and or preparing your um, your book for sale and essentially it's just it, a lot of the things that they said are common sense but you've got to know your business you've got to know your numbers know your market and be completely aware of what's going on ultimately if you're 
not on soft buyers. Your, your practice is not going to be generate near as much money as you would like. Um, the team was saying that they, you know, they've seen some sales in the late two point somethings, you know, so 2.7-ish um, times multiple recurring income. Um, which and the recurring income number is a lot different these days, especially when we're all on ongoing service agreements. But you know, at that money, it's you know working its way back to something that's reasonable. But I, you know, remind you all that unless you actually know exactly what's going on in your business, this is going to be a um, a difficult space. But it's also an awesome opportunity. And if you can see, you know, if you're looking at expanding and buying a book, you go into that book and um, have a good look at it. And if they know they don't know their demographic, they don't know their average fee uh, pay, you know, the average amount of money they collect from the clients, and you know they're still using paper files, and you're prepared to do a little bit of work on that, you can pick that business up. You can steal that from them because it's um, you know they haven't been working in it, so it's about some about um, about time somebody did. But ultimately, the, the other thing that came out is that you've got to have some advice. If you don't get some advice when you're buying and selling, you could be caught short and, or, or caught out. Um, look, we had another presentation from the, uh, the Zurich underwriting team, and um, albeit it was sort of a, a little bit bland and a little bit more common, um, you know, standard sort of stuff, but what we did realise is that um, the underwriting game is becoming a lot more complicated because the, the way that uh, the GPs diagnose things and clean skin people um, are far less uh, <laughs> are far less normal but um, but you know building a relationship with an underwriter is, is really really smart and Zurich are keen to do that um, the Zurich guys sponsored the uh, the PD day and um, hopefully we'll get them to come to the conference but we haven't had a, a close relationship with a um, with a, a risk underwriter for quite some time and I'm pretty keen to uh, to develop that so I'm talking with them this week I um, saw so a cute little um, program, um, Zap, and I think uh, Squiggle or something to that effect. I can tell you what they are, but they're um, a couple of budgeting tools for kids um, launched by MasterCard and VisaCard. What they do is they allow you to have a, a credit card with your kid's name on it, and you can control money going in and out, but you can also set up uh, little tasks in there and rewards for things like mowing the lawn and washing the dishes and getting their jobs done. When they get their jobs done, you can just click a, um, a box and it uh, transfers money to their account. Then the kids can use that money to, uh, to buy things online. It it's all sort of stems around the fact that uh, cash in children's hands these days is next to useless. They put it in their drawer and really there's no value because uh, you know, they don't carry cash around. And secondly, there's not many places where they go to, um, to spend it. Um, now the FPA, so, so the financial planning assistance, that's assistance, that's Jezume and her team, which is Jude and Dan in Cebu. We're changing, what we're trying to do is set up the fees for those guys so they're much more, um, much easier for you to understand. So Jezume should have that done reasonably soon, but she's actually gonna allocate, you know, I think her top 10 tasks and put a, a standard fee on those. And so, you know, for example, if reach, risk takes research takes a little bit longer, then you know you just be charged as a standard you know whether it's a 15 minute increment or whatever she does from there soapbox now soapbox the guys um, are using soapbox a little bit more and um, you know just for some, um, communicating with clients preparing reviews um, 
preparing statements of advice. Like, you know, it's a really, really good tool just for presenting a statement of advice, especially if you're having trouble catching up with the with the client. But uh, Jesume, I might even do it myself as well, just set up a, a demo soapbox. I did one at the uh, the PD day in Brisbane and, and uh, it was surprising how easy it is to actually get those going. I didn't even have a proper internet connected, connection and I set it up and it was done you know, through my phone and uh, and a hotspot. So um, things are things are pretty good and uh, in that space, in that in that uh, video digital marketing sort of space, and uh, there's lots of tools there that you can avail yourself of, that, which are really really cheap. Um, secondly, in the in the Dropbox folder AE shared where you can find this report, this update, we've also just downloaded the advice tech report from NetWealth. That's really really good if you're looking at the software solutions for your business. There's so many pieces of software out there that will that suit and they do all the, the net wealth guys do a heap of research and what they also do is they tell you what you should be looking for when you're setting up a software solution for your business because there's so many different ways to get things done and there's so much white noise out there and people saying that they can do everything for you and all that sort of stuff and you know I've always been a believer that uh, you've got to hold your own data and I secondly think that uh, paying too much for your software especially in today's market is uh, fraught with danger because they're going to lock you in and they can change that all the time. Whereas there's so many things out there that'll actually get the job done, the specific job done, and you can change it and use different uh, solutions as you go. But anyway, the advice tech report from NetWealth, you can either log on to the NetWealth page and there's uh, there's a lot of innovation stuff and uh, some more interesting information from uh, from NetWealth. They do a lot of support for the industry in, in the, um, the innovation space and it's definitely worthwhile going in and having a look at the, the website. Um, the code of ethics. Now the code has been, um, well, is out there. Well, the draft code is out there, and I'll put a copy of that um, in the AE sheet folder as well. But they're also building. So, so because they haven't nailed down the code, they still haven't nailed down the code monitoring body. And there's a number of people that have actually put their hand up to be part of the code monitoring situation, but uh, but that hasn't come to to fruition yet. Now the code is going to be over and above the Corps Act and the the regulatory guides. And so it'll be um, something where we, as uh, an industry, regulate ourselves. It's supposed to be coming in about, uh, well, in the next few months, but I can't see it ha coming in as quickly as possible as they expect because of the fact we don't have a code monitoring body. But just be wary of that. And there's a lot of definitions and, you know, we're going to probably have to take some licensee positions when it comes to the launch of the code and when they finally get it um, down pat but just be wary of the there's a little bit of information in the in the press at the moment about the code and uh, so don't panic as yet as soon as we uh, we get hold of it uh, we'll uh, we'll decipher it and come up with a um, with a plan so as we can we can all understand it and, uh, and employ it and then abide by it um, platform fees now I'm, I'm just about to uh, get back in touch with BT and net wealth or and CFS and just get an update of our rate card because I just uh, I just finished signing a um, a an agreement with Hub24 and Hub24 has come back with some fairly you know they've sharpened their pencil and they've got some really good rates with their um, with, with with their offering and uh, because of our potential volume they've decided to give us a uh, a fairly good a fairly good rate now Hub24 if you're not familiar they again they're a boutique platform they can you can put just about most shares most ETFs most managed funds can be, be held on there. They've got some really, really good reporting. Um, I think they allow you know, up to six family members to get together so you can actually aggregate your money so as you can low, lower your fee. And so you know, there's some good functionality in there. But again, it's one of those ones where you, uh, you need to have a look at it and work out what's best for your clients and, um, 
and what's best for you. In the same thing, like uh, Craig Eason from BetaShares came to our um, PD day in Brisbane, and he was saying that their um, the BetaShares model um, SMAs are going up on net wealth this week, and they're they're pretty cool because the um, you know they basically are one solution for a risk profile. If you've got a growth investor, I think you can get put them into the um, the growth model from BetaShares, which are a mixture of I think of the Vanguard and BetaShares ETFs. Um, you can put them into that and um, you know, really, really cheaply, like it's under 30 basis points, and the client gets a you know a fully premix growth model portfolio that you don't have to maintain. You know, if um you know you don't want to be the research the researcher and you want these guys to do it, yeah, there's there's plenty of other options out there, of course, but uh, the beta share ones are, are pretty good, and I think beta shares at this stage um, we're talking closely about them coming to the um, the conference as well. Okay, on on another note, um, fees. Fee schedules, are, you know, I've been bobbing around. Uh, the the session, the PD day in Sydney was really, really positive on the fee discussions. And what I've um, taken out from that is that everybody needs a bit of a hand and some some discussion in, in that space. And having spoken to a couple of the practices in Queensland and now in um, New South Wales, or correction in Melbourne, we've uh, decided that I've decided that uh, fees is is pretty complicated for everybody. And what we need to do is get ourselves in a position where we're not guessing the fee. We actually have a fee schedule particular to our business. And now that should be based nowadays on how many clients you can handle and then charge the fee accordingly so as you actually get enough money. And so you you to be looking at what your average fee to client is or from client is and then multiply that out so you actually get the money from your business that you're actually aiming to achieve. Um, One-off advice can be a little bit of cream on top of that and obviously there are some bigger clients but you want to turn around and say look you know if I can do 200 clients at well, say 10 clients at $10,000 each I'm going to add $100,000 and it's, it's, it's a pretty simple calculation but um, you need to be working on, on that a little bit more closely. So what Jess and I have done, we've come up with a draft idea with a, a fee schedule on it with some basic numbers that uh, you can employ in your practice. Now, the, what we're gonna do is build this in a draft, or correction, in a word format, so you can go and change the numbers to whatever you wanna put in there. You can even change the definitions and all that sort of stuff. This definitely isn't a mandated document from us, but what I wanted to do is give you a document whereby you can actually see some fees and, and, it's, and it's a really good start for you to understand. But if you get into your business and everybody from the girl at the front, or the person at the front office, right through to the advisor, knows exactly how much this fee is going to be for a client, then things become simpler. And when you're migrating your grandfathered clients to a new fee structure, and they know it exactly what it is, yeah, you're going to lose some. You know, if you're trying to migrate the $500 a year clients to the $2,000 a year clients, yeah, some of them are going to lose. You um, um, go somewhere else and head to an industry fund, and that's probably a good thing. And if you keep the, uh, the relationship open, when they've got a little bit more money, they may come back. But in the interim, the ones that do roll across to the high fee will be better off and you'll have a better understanding of what you're earning. So um, that should be out. I think we should have a link to that out this week because we're working, uh, you know, we've just about got that one nailed. The next one is a workflow. Now I know that I saw a really good workflow process at the Lifetime the other day when I was thinking they use Dropbox paper and I was at another practice that uses um, a Google Sheet. And both of those allow you to have multiple users in the same workflow at the same time which means you can jump in at any point in time, look up the client, look up their workflow and see exactly where it's up to and if you have to do any input. Now both of these are free 
And so rather than, um, you know, at the moment, a lot of people using X-Plan, and if you want to use X-Plan, then everybody in the, in the business has to have a copy of X-Plan. Um, and look, I haven't played with the work sorted workflow system yet, but it'll sort of probably next on our line. But anyway, in the meantime, I've got um, Dan in the FBA group working on a, um, a workflow system for us, and he's going to build that from the um, advice checklist that the auditors use and um, build that into um, uh, Dropbox paper, I think is the, uh, our first go-to this time. Apart from that, that's, um, I'm working on the agenda for the conference this week and uh, we're trying to finalise the, the, the sponsors and the RSVPs. If you have an RSVP, please let us know, let Noims know so as we can finalise some numbers. You know, there's a lot of recruits and all that sort of stuff coming in, so it's going to be a fair amount of fudge factor in this year's conference. But it'll be pretty much similar in that Tuesday night we catch up for a... Um, uh, a networking evening with a couple of beers, maybe a walk to, to proceed that. Uh, Wednesday is conference sessions. Thursday in the morning we'll have an activity. In the afternoon we'll um, probably have a, a session and then roll into some peer groups. Friday morning we'll finalise the peer groups um, and work on the um, advice evolution followed by the AGM and the gala dinner. Um, all the dinners look look pretty good. We've actually checked out the, uh, the restaurants already and uh, we're pretty excited about the conference this year. Um, on the Monday, I'm talking to the guys from Ray Financial who, who should be coming on in the next week or so, but they um, they should be able to tee us up with a nice um, uh, vineyard tour of them, Clarenvale or Clare Valley on the uh, on the Monday. So if anyone who wants to get down there early and wants to get together and go for a, a cruise through uh, a couple of vineyards for a tasting, we uh, we should have something set up along those lines reasonably soon. But apart from that, that's, um, that probably finishes the uh, Oh, it's nearly 17 minutes. <laughs> That'll do it for this week. Um, thanks for uh, for listening. And look, if you've ever got, if you want something for me to cover in this update, just send me a message or a text. And if you want, or if you want informa- more information about something, just let us know, and um, I can um, increase the uh, increase the content or send you out all the backup documents that that, uh, that go with this. Thanks.